The shocking and tragic killing of a 22-year-old teacher in Tullamore yesterday afternoon as she was out jogging has led to huge disbelief and anger, not just locally but right across the country. While a man in his 40s is still being detained in connection with the murder of the young woman named locally as Ashling Murphy, many in the area are trying to make sense of this tragedy today and our reporter Brian O'Connell is in Tullamore for us. Brian, you've been talking to people there this morning. I've been speaking to locals here in Tullamore from early morning and the overriding response you get here, Claire, to this shocking killing are ones of utter disbelief turning to anger. I mean, I've rarely been in a community where the sense of shock is so palpable. Uh, People are finding it hard to find the words to sum up their sense of shock and their revulsion, as you can imagine, at this killing and to try and express their total solidarity and support to the Murphy family. Ashley was a very well-liked and a very well-known member of the community here. They came from just outside the town of Tullamore. She comes from, as I said, a well-known musical family. Her father, Ray, played for many years in a band, Best Foot Forward. They have a, a very large following in the area and beyond. And she herself was deeply connected to music, particularly traditional Irish music, She was also involved in community events, as was her father, Ray. And just before Christmas, Ashleen had helped organise the school choir at the Christmas market locally. The area where she was killed is a a scenic part of the Grand Canal Banks. It's used by walkers, cyclists and joggers. And even early this morning, while large parts of it are sealed off by Gardaí, there were still people walking their dogs and using those parts of it that are still open. So it's a very popular area of the uh, town here. One of those who lives near the area is local Fianna Fáil councillor and Cahirlach of Tullamore Municipal District, Tony McCormack, and he gave me his reaction to this tragic event yesterday. The feeling has been um, one of, of huge sadness and shock. Sadness in the fact that family having to go through something like this and shocking in, 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 in um, the fact that you never think that something like this can happen so close to home. It's normally far away in, in bigger cities or or in, in, in other countries. This morning, what would you would feel is an awful lot of sadness. My thoughts and prayers would go towards the family, and I know the family. Um, the family are very, very well known, very, very well liked, uh, involved hugely in the local music scene, um, also uh, involved in an awful lot of community organisations, um, and uh, she was herself uh, involved in a lot of community organisations here in Tullamore and the surrounding area, also a local teacher. So she was very much a huge career, career ahead of her. Um, and, you know, the sadness at this stage is, is, is huge um, because I suppose you just don't never, never think that something like this is going to happen. I myself live very, very close to where it happened. I live about 500 metres from where it happened. I can step out my back door and walk across the field onto the canal and about 400 metres from there, then is where it happened. And, you know, I use that place every day um, uh, to go running or walking. Can't understand and this has actually happened. It shakes you to your core, doesn't it? And it, it questions all your beliefs and your sense of security. It does. It questions your, your sense of security. You know, like somewhere that w- I would have thought was very, very safe, especially at that time of day. But at that time of the day, there'd be a lot of people on that particular stretch of the canal between Digby Bridge and, and Boland's Lock. Um, and for it happened in broad daylight, it's just absolutely rocks, rocks you to your core. My sisters would be uh, keen athletes as well, and they would spend time on the canal. And, you know, it could have been anybody. It just could have been anybody that this happened to. Um, and for the family that it did happen to, I just don't know how they're going to get over it. I feel so sorry for them. Um, and as I said, my thoughts and prayers go, go, go to them today. 
Councillor Tony McCormack there and he used the phrase rocked to his core and that's the sense you get from the wider community as well, Brian, there this morning. Absolutely and utter disbelief that something like this could happen here. Um, People just can't comprehend the nature of a a random attack by, we're told, a stranger to the victim in the afternoon and in an area where there are normally lots of people. It happened near an area called Fiona's Way, named after the memory of Fiona Pender who, as we know, disappeared over a quarter of a century ago from the locality. The attacker, we're told, fled when two women came upon the scene and it's believed, as I said, it was random and Ashley did not know her attacker. You'll get a sense, Claire, in this clip of just how hard people are finding this tragic news to take in here in Tullamore and people's solidarity with the Murphy family as they now try and come to terms, if you can ever come to terms with something like this, with the loss of their beautiful daughter and sister. Deeply disturbing that we can't just walk, go daylight, go about our business without fear of someone taking your life. It's very sad. There is such a sense of shock locally, isn't there? Yeah, because things like that don't happen here. It's a you know, nice, quiet town. It's, it's terrifying. It's actually terrifying. To, and, and such a, a lovely part of the town as well, down the canal. Lots of people use that place to walk. Women on their own. It's, it's quite scary to think we can't. Uh, and sad, very sad. And I, I feel such... My heart goes out to the family. It's, it's so shocking, you don't really know what to say. It's that kind of... It's, that much of a shock. What happened was an absolute disgrace. The loss of that poor girl is tragic, beyond belief. Telemore is utterly, utterly shocked. What more can you say? Terrible loss of life for a, a tragic young girl. Very well-known family, lovely family, lovely girl. I, I know the girl I'm passing. We're just utterly shocked. To, uh, to the core, Telemore is shocked. From that side to this side, hundreds and hundreds of people a day are going up and down. For that to happen in broad daylight, Oh my God, it's, uh, I don't know. I have a daughter, and would you let her go down the canal line now? Would you be worried? Yeah. We only heard it yesterday evening, so what time is it now? It's just after eight. So we're only getting to chat a few people around the place about it, but everyone shocked. I was very friendly with her father, actually, great banjo man, uh, walking in that, uh, between Boland's Lock and Digby's Lock. I was born 200 yards away from that fishing that a thousand times everyone walks every every day of the week everyone's walking you think it'd be a safe spot it's absolutely horrendous to think that it could be happening locally here and so somewhere everybody just goes to have a walk and it's just frightening to think a young woman her whole life ahead of her that's so frightening isn't it everybody's in shock here just can't believe it did you know the family uh, yeah i did they wouldn't live too far from them from me yeah my daughter knew her yeah and Ashley was someone who was very involved in the community as well. Yeah, yeah, she was. The music and the, she loved to jog and that, yeah, she did. It's very sad. Very hard to make sense of it, isn't it? Absolutely mad. It really, really is, yeah. And Brian, what are the Gardaí saying this morning? Well, a Garda press conference is due to begin at about half past ten. Gardaí had issued a statement yesterday saying they were investigating the fatal assault which occurred at approximately 4pm yesterday. Um, Ashton's body was removed from the scene last night to Midlands Regional Hospital in Tullamore and a post-mortem obviously will be carried out. Uh, the scene is currently preserved. As we said earlier, a man in his 40s has been arrested in connection with this incident. He is currently being detained at Tullamore Garda Station. That's under the provision of Section 4 of the Criminal Justice Act 1984.
Um, an incident room has been established at Tullamore Garda Station and Gardaí are appealing for any person with any information of this fatal assault to come forward. In particular, Gardaí are appealing to any person that were in the Canal Walk area of Tullamore before 4pm yesterday afternoon to make contact. There is a Garda confidential line, 1800 666 111. I was near the scene this morning and a section of the Canal Walk obviously is closed to the public and there is still a very significant Garda presence in the area. Also, I noted Justice Minister Helen McEntee had tweeted last night her thoughts are with Ashley's friends and community and she had said Gardaí will investigate and ensure justice is done. There was a really significant outpouring of solidarity and support and anger, it has to be said, on social media yesterday. Uh, people asking how an attack on a woman can take place like this in broad daylight and people are calling for a very robust response, as you can imagine. Brian O'Connell in Tullamore, thank you very much indeed. And staying with that story, I'm John on the line now by local TD Fianna Falls Barry Cowan and Barry I said at the beginning that the whole country is in shock this morning at this news but none no more so than where you are it's just hard to get your head around what's happened It is and you know no words can describe adequately truthfully the sense of of, of truly shocking act and, and as you say I can sense it not only in this locality but indeed in the whole country sense of people being stunned and numbed by such a horrific and senseless act. We wonder, what can we do in the immediate aftermath? And all we can do is offer our prayers and sympathy and our support to ensure Ashling's family and our white circle of friends and our colleagues in Dora School, indeed the students in Dora School, that they are showered with love and affection and, um, you know, to be taken in such a way and such a location that has been enjoyed by Everybody in the locality that has been improved in recent years and during the time of COVID especially has become very popular as people got back to basics, back to simple uh, activities. And uh, we've all walked it. We've all truly felt safe, you know, but for this to happen, it's, 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 there's a whole sense of dread and fear and worry and shock. It's just everything brought together and... We hope we can get through this and we hope the family can be helped through this terrible tragedy. And as I said, her white circle of friends took up a job recently, a permanent job in a local primary school, immersed in that school and its activity and in the community. Her whole life ahead of her, it's truly shocking. Yeah, I see there's a statement from Mary Immaculate College in Limerick in the last uh, little while. Cathy Haller and our, our colleague there um reporting on this that she had they say it's with profound sadness and shock uh, obviously that they learned of the untimely and tragic death of Ashling Murphy but she graduated as a primary school teacher only three months ago so she was just at the very start really of her life Barry I know you know her family don't you? Yeah her family would be widely known in locality as I said they were immersed in in music and entertainment and um, Irish music and um, you know well known well appreciated as I said partake in community life partake in many activities and um, you know what can we do only as I said offer our prayers and our sympathies and our help and assistance and that every person that can should indeed do so and I know that the school community too were truly shocked and as you say recently graduated, recently found permanent employment in her own locality, enjoying life, looking forward to a professional and fulfilled life as her family were, I'm sure, happy that they had 
done all they could to ensure that that opportunity was afforded to her and now to be taken, as I said, by such a senseless and horrific act. And it's, you know, I know people immediately you know, have sympathies, of course, and are truly shocked. But, the, you know, we have to accept that women, unfortunately, do not feel safe. I can go out and walk there and I feel safe, but women don't. And that's an equilibrium that has to be rebalanced and addressed. And it's something that we as legislators and others will have to look at in the aftermath of this terrible thing. But mm-hmm. we can't allow uh, our memory to be, to be, to be, not to be honoured by doing something to, to, to ensure that people enjoy these amenities, to enjoy these facilities, to go about their daily lives in a way in which we would like to see our own children do and to be taken in such a way. Brian O'Connell did mention there the outpouring of sympathy, shock and grief, particularly online, but also there is a sense of anger and that fits with what you've been saying there where women may be waking up this morning feeling unsafe, thinking that this could happen to them while they're out running or walking in broad daylight and alone and when they should feel safe and they should have no reason to feel under threat. Do you feel that, you know, once we get through this period of grief and and shock that something that this needs to be addressed the gender based element of this needs to be addressed yeah of course I do believe that and you know people will say most gender based violence takes place in the home or takes place between people who are known to one another uh, but this is not the first time we've seen random senseless acts of horrific violence and as I said you know I can go for a walk I'm a man I feel safe uh, women don't, and that's not equality, and that's something that has to be addressed. And we have a responsibility and a duty to do so, and try and do our best to ensure that women feel comfortable and safe, and they go out to enjoy the fresh air. Um, and it's as simple as that. All right, Barry Cowan, Fianna Fáil TD. Thank you for joining us this morning, and I'm joined now by Sarah Benson, CEO of Women's Aid. Good morning, Sarah. Hi, good morning, Claire. I know you want to start by offering your condolences to Ashling Murphy's family. Absolutely. It's an absolutely appalling um, experience for any family, any loved one, any friend or colleague to, to be having to process today. And uh, we're acutely sensitive to that and, and send all our good wishes uh, for what will be a, a terribly long journey, um, you know, with such a senseless loss of life of Ashling. But your statement this morning uh, is directed at the fact that you believe that every woman should have the right to be safe both in their own homes and in their communities. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it would echo what the previous speaker has said there is that the reality is that women uh, don't feel safe uh, often in any public place, whether it is in broad daylight, in crowded spaces, let alone in kind of those kind of stereotypical darkened alley scenarios. And and that really uh, a spotlight shone on that. Um, with the uh, with the with the murder of Sarah Everard in the United Kingdom, there was a huge uh, outpouring of expressions uh, by women of that experience, which which goes almost uh, appallingly from cradle to grave in that sense of where men may feel safe and comfortable in certain environments. When you look at it through the lens of uh, a woman's experience, all of those kind of um, internalized. Uh, fears do manifest themselves from everything to you know uh, you know that 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 thing where women would talk about you know holding their keys in their hands if they're walking on their own mm-hmm. and, and what we really want to emphasize is that we can't uh, 
have another tragic incident where we don't grasp the momentum behind this. We can't look at what women can do to stay safe. We can't look at the places where uh, these appalling acts are perpetrated because they actually are irrelevant. What we need to focus on are the behaviours and attitudes, even from the most casual sexism, which do accumulate, and there is strong research to show this, in the most egregious forms of male violence against women. And and this is an example of that. We we can't... um, you know, uh, squander the, the, the huge potential that these women have lost uh, by, by not making sure that we make our society, our community safer. And you say in your statement this morning that while 13% of women are killed by a stranger, so it, it is rare, killing of women by strangers is a rare occurrence. There is a climate of fear, uh, you say, in which women live. Now, for many women and women listening to this will know there are certain places at certain times that are just that just can't be on your agenda as a woman. Now, this is a, a different case because Ashling Murphy was out running at four o'clock in daylight. But for many women, and you spoke about the keys in the hand, there are places at times that are just we just can't go to. Yeah, and, and why on earth should that be the case? It, it, as I say, it shouldn't be about the places. And this is what we would emphasise, you know, in, in our decades of work, you know, to, to kind of combat male violence against women uh, and, and working with thousands upon thousands of women is that, you know, the, the, it's not the places, it's who might be in those places. And so, again, we need to really... Uh, home with laser focus in on the perpetrators. You know, what has led to the point where a man feels entitled to act out with such uh, aggression, such fatal aggression uh, towards a woman? And, and as I say, there is, a, there is a broad spectrum. This is at the very extreme end, but it is all informed by kind of misogynistic sexist stereotypes, the sexualization of young women. And, and I really would crucially say that any efforts to combat this really, you know, we, we talk about we need to work men and women as allies in this. Uh, there can be a defensiveness on the part of some men sometimes when things like this happen. I think I, I say we need to set that aside and go, look, the vast majority of violence against both men and women is perpetrated by men. With women, there is a very distinct uh, gendered stereotype that feeds into that. So, of course, not all men, but we really need to work from, from the very earliest stages with our boys, with our girls, around principles of equality, of mutuality, because that's the only way we're actually going to get rid of, as you say, that culture of fear. And how do you respond to that? Because you know people right now will be saying not all men, but it is some men. Is that how you respond? I, I, I'd be honest, I, I really think that that is, it, it's, it's, it's sidestepping the issue overwhelmingly because, of course, not all men. But the fact is, you know, and we talk about the whole spectrum of violence against women, we've domestic violence, we've sexual abuse, we've prostitution, we've trafficking, we've FGM. You know, there's an enormous spectrum which is heavily gendered and it is entirely wrapped up in what, what are effectively these kind of old patriarchal stereotypes. And we just have to acknowledge that that is the, that is the society and this is not unique to Ireland. This is a, a completely global phenomenon and you know it's it's enshrined in our sustainable development goals to which Ireland is committed you know which is combating all forms of violence against women and girls and what I'd really come back to saying is a gender equal society is one that is better for men and women alike and which also will surely contribute to the reduction of uh, male violence against men because it is you know allowing that kind of a much more positive uh, representation of masculinity one that's not predicated on, you know, old, tired stereotypes, which unfortunately still prevail. 
Sarah Benson, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Sarah Benson, their CEO of Women's Aid. And we end this piece by offering our sincerest condolences to Ashling Murphy's family, to her friends and to the wider community in Tullamore who've been so very shocked by her tragic death. And if there's any more news on that, we'll bring it to you over the course of the morning. Right now, though, we'll take a break. Text 51551. Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.